Welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Tuesday, September 3rd. We hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. I will be reading the part this week of Caden Rutherford. I'm joined here with my co-host, Cody Headland, as well as Cobrin Blue Larson. We are happy you are tuned in to the Section K Podcast this week um, on today's show. We're going to give you the results from the Idaho Futurity and Aged event that just concluded in Nampa, Idaho. Um, Safe travels if you are driving between Nampa and Rancho Marietta, California, or driving somewhere between Nampa and Texas. We hope you are having safe travels and hopefully no unexpected speed bumps are uh, in your in your future on the way home. So uh, safe travels to everybody traveling and uh, everybody going to West Monroe. Um, we also are going to dive into a little bit of the leveling talk. It's been a year CBL brought to our attention since we have kind of began this whole leveling idea and the concept of leveling our show. So we kind of talk about that and kind of give our thoughts on what that whole leveling process has been like. So sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode of the Section K podcast. This episode of the Section K podcast is brought to you by Hayride. Hayride produces and distributes superior grade premium alfalfa cubes from the source in Milford, Utah, and from the Hayright Warehouse in Weatherford, Texas, to dealers and customers across the USA. Hayride alfalfa is grown on high desert farms located in southern Utah, certified noxious, weed-free, and contains no beetles. It's always sun-cured, chopped, and cubed in the field, the superior way to make cubes. Hayright cubes are 100% natural with no dyes, chemicals, mold retardants, preservatives, or flavorings added. Only sun-cured western alfalfa enriched with bentonite minerals to increase absorption of nutrients, detox the digestive system, and improve cube quality. From crop circles to winter circles, expect the best from Hayright. You can find Hayright at hay-right.com or find them at Hayright on Facebook. The Idaho Futurity and Limited Aged event has come to a close in Nampa, Idaho. There was a handful of folks that had unbelievable shows. Monty Bunton and Kimberly Irons, to name a few. Adon Band, Walos, to name another one that had an unbelievable show. But starting out in the three-year-old open, Armani Blue and Adon Band, Walos, marked a 222 for owner Jeff Neidhart. The three-year-old intermediate champion was Metallic Missy. And Western Bloodstock Sale enthusiast Richard Jordan. He marked a 221 for owners Bob and Sharon Hyder. In the four year old open, there's a Don Banuelos again, rode the beautiful black stud Bad Boon Arising for Plantation Farms to 225 points. The four year old intermediate champ was Secretariat, none other than Salvador, aka Chava Cabral. Chava is also the owner, he marked a 222. The 5-6 Open, betting on Billy Joe and Monty Bunton, started out her unbelievable week, winning the 5-6-year-old Open first with Monty in the saddle, marking a 225 for Kimberly Irons, the owner. 5-6 Intermediate Open champ was Queso Cat, Cookie Banuelos for his lovely wife, Katie Banuelos. And the 3-year-old, 3-year-old non-pro champion was Spooky's Jackpot and Jeff Barnes, 
and the three-year-old unlimited amateur champion was Miss Gypsy Jackson and Cheyenne Carpenter. In the non-pro and amateur competition, the four-year-old non-pro champ was Fort Worth, Texas resident Elizabeth Quirk, who rode 1027 Ranches Dresden Smart Style for 220 points. She also won the 5'6 non-pro on Justin Chalmers' trained Ray Stylin' Smooth for owners 1027 Ranch as well. Heck of a show for old Ms. Quirk out in Nampa, Idaho. Uh, and the 5'6 Unlimited Amateur Kimberly Irons, dominant. There's one word to describe her week in Idaho, dominant. Marked 222 on betting on Billy Joe. Kimberly also won the 4-year-old Unlimited Amateur on CR Rosie Tough Stuff. And the 5'6-year-old Amateur... Troy Boutonnet and Travelin' Miles marked a 221. And in the four-year-old amateur, there's Kimberly Irons again marked a 221 on CR Rosie Tough Stuff. The Way Out West second leg of that awesome series that's going on out on the West Coast. The Open champion, none other, none other than our good friend Taryn Rice. CR gotcha covered, marked a huge 229 for owner Joel Colgrove. That was a smoking run. If you haven't seen that, be sure and go over to the Taryn Rice Performance Horses Facebook page and be sure to check that out. It was a great run. Uh, in the non-pro Way Out West series, Lauren Middleton, CHC's very own, marked another 229 on Sweet Revenge. Yeah, it was really cool to see our friend and awesome photographer Lauren Middleton out on the West Coast having a little success. And then how fitting the last champion of the Way Out West Amateur Series was Kimberly Irons and betting on Billy Joe. She marked a 224 for that championship. Wow. That's a lot of championships. Yeah. Is that five for? Five for Kimberly Irons. That's horses. unbelievable. Imagine Bananas. loading up for a cutting and just, I just want to make one finals. <laughs> Much less maybe win, win, win five win. of them. Yeah, and then you win five. Cl- like, that's that's unbelievable. Monty's whole barn, though, as a whole, from what I saw, had a pretty solid show. I know Mike Flashman, I think he led a go-round on um, – Dual Cat Pepto. Dual Cat Pepto. We've talked about that horse quite a bit on this show. Mike's a cool guy. We talked – I think it was at the Super Stakes this yep. year. Yeah, we got we to had- visit. Yeah, whenever we interviewed Monty, five, six-year-old champion, open champion, Monty Bunton. Go check out his interview. Um, I think it was back in March or April, like I said, during the Super Stakes when we had him on. Got to meet Mike Flashman and and some of their team. Just great people, good people. So, yeah, congratulations to all those champions out there. What what else is there to say? Elizabeth Quirk, dominant. Adon Banuelos, dominant. <laughs> I mean, the ten twenty seven slash plantation farms horses won nearly fifty grand out in Idaho. I guess you already. Your trip's already well worth it. Winning yep. that much on the first first leg going out on the West Coast. So, yeah, pretty. What were your interpretations of the results out on the West Coast here to start CBL? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, the the three year olds. I think that's probably one of my favorite things about this part of the year is getting to see who has a good uh, small fraternity horse, a small fraternity horse, but also the west coast trainers going up against uh the t- texas trainers that co- go to the on the west coast run so i that's pretty fun to see a good mixture of uh west coast trainers in the finals and also uh some of the guys from texas uh did really good in the three-year-old yeah shout out morgan cromer 
went ahead and had all four of her small fraternity horses in the fraternity finals at Idaho. Um, another plug for another Section K podcast interview. If you didn't hear, hear her interview two weeks ago, we kind of picked her brain about uh, the fraternity, the small fraternities, the big fraternity, and kind of what her thought process is throughout the selection process of showing horses and when to go hard on what horse and which one she's going to crack out early. So, yeah, I thought that was super cool to, I mean, to make it on two three-year-olds is a hell of a feat, but to make it on four, like that's... All four, 100% of them too. Yeah, I mean, that's That's, funny you mentioned that because that's what we, what people have said when they come on, they want to get 100% of their horses back. So yeah, I mean, what a feat, what an accomplishment. Adon winning 40,000 too, that's pretty awesome. He had a heck of a show. One, two out of the three open divisions. That's pretty awesome. Hey, Especially uncle, when you're making that trip to Idaho. Yeah, you know? his I mean, uncle Cookie, too. Champion. Yep. But, yeah, going out to Idaho, I mean, you're kind of in a little bit of downtime here between Idaho and Rancho. You guys have both gone and done that, that stretch of shows. What is it like kind of having this week of downtime and kind of a little break? Um, where did you guys kind of lay over between Idaho and Rancho? We went uh, straight down to Rancho just because my parents live right around the corner. And uh, Tatum and Kylie, they um, stayed up in Truckee because that's where they're from. Or because Kylie's parents have a place in Truckee. Um, but it was I felt like it was a relief for a little bit. Cause yes. Especially because we went after Amarillo to South Dakota and, and then to Idaho. And then that little break there was was a nice little relief. And they, there's sometimes cuttings, weekend shows in between those two cuttings because there, a lot of haulers go out there, especially when the Mercurias used to be a thing. And so they usually have some weekend cuttings, thousand adids and stuff. I know my mom and dad are having one at a Cheddar Ranch. Um, and I mean, it's to me, it was just like a breath of fresh air type of deal. Like, it's just like, whew, now you get a, a little time to breathe. Because even now, like, everybody left straight from Amarillo, and it was two or three days, and they were cutting again. And pretty much, no, it wasn't. I mean, four or five days, though. I everybody think. pretty much left Amarillo, went home, regrouped, and then straight like back up. For, like, two days. Yeah, straight back up to Idaho. And So not much a, of a break. That's a 26-hour trip from over here, and – most people in California, it's it's a twelve hour trip plus. I mean, depending on where you live, but I mean, it's a uh, these these two cuttings back to back. It's nice to have that little little break in between. Well, and like most people know, I mean, when you, especially with the the bigger training operations, when you go to these shows, I mean, just like we've said before, it's it's pretty much nonstop every day. And uh, when they no th- days this, off. <laughs> when uh, the this West Coast run, I mean, it's it's just so nonstop, and it it ends up going by pretty fast because you're doing so much during the day. Uh, but like Cody's saying, it was it was nice to get to El Rancho and have Landy's ho- home cooked meals and kind of relax a little bit, and then. The first couple days, uh, once the show starts, you're kind of uh, not back in the routine necessarily, but it doesn't take too long till you're back where the days are flying by just because you're so busy doing everything. 
Yeah, and it's good for, to let those horses relax too. The the weather's cooler in both parts in Nampa and in Rancho. Obviously, it gets a little hot at Rancho during the day, but it cools down at night. And it's supposed to be nice this year. Yeah, that's uh, what they say every year. Shout out Whit Davis. He <laughs> says it's supposed to supposed to be normal weather this year. I don't yep. know what that means. <laughs> I've never been out there, but normal weather. Normally, it's pretty hot. So yeah, eighty five to ninety five, maybe creep into the hundreds one day if y'all are lucky but yeah i mean just thinking about hauling your horses out there that long of a drive and then you go to showing them you're in a show setting for the whole week so i mean obviously you got to be tired your horses have to be tired so i was just thinking it's got to be i mean obviously with all the connections and people that everyone kind of knows and and meets and comes across in the cutting you will always i feel like have a place to lay over or a place to keep horses for a couple of days so um yeah it's just interesting you don't really me myself haven't really thought about or known what folks kind of do in between uh these this leg and uh really just this series of shows because i mean hell with 20 most people have around 20 head of horses out there you can't just especially if you're coming from texas you're taking a couple trailer loads yeah you're you gonna make it worth it pull in somewhere with 28 head 30 head of horses and be like hey yeah where do i set up where do i unload these things where like, my stalls at? you kind of gotta think it out and plan it out and make sure you have a place to ride them and a place to exercise them and get them out in those days that they are resting in those days that you guys are resting because like you said cbl i mean hell y'all were probably tired after idaho i mean hashtags was tired of winning all that money in Idaho <laughs> and marking those big scores and the Mercurias, but man, what a long month. That's all I can say is what yep. a long month. And then right after Rancho gets over, then the bash starts. And then you go to the bash and then that Monday morning after the amateur finals at the bash, you load up and you go to Vegas for the Pacific Coast Futurity. Correct. <laughs> so... And if you don't go to Idaho or Rancho and you go to the Cotton Stakes, then right after the Cotton Stakes. <laughs> yeah, T's and P's to everybody there. Great transition because the Cotton Stakes just started. And yeah. Four year old opens underway right now. It looks very warm and very moist <laughs> down in West Monroe, Louisiana. Some people it. don't like that word. Well, little section K ASMR <laughs> today, so. But yeah, I can't. West Monroe, I'm going in a couple days. We you excited? I'm, I'm going. I'm, <laughs> I'm going. I feel like my horse is working good. So yeah, I'm excited. Heck yeah, might as well. I feel like those uh, Robert Charles and those folks down at the Ike Hamilton Event Center. Yeah, and they can't control the yeah, weather. They I do mean. all they can to put on a great show and pays well. Um, I guess this will be. One of the first years, don't quote, maybe I'll take this out, but one of the first years without the Clapper Spurs. So Yeah, I'll be, I think the last pairs were given out this year at the Ike. Yeah, I assume Kerry Kelly or, or someone of that stature will be. I'm sure they'll have some cool, uh, unique award for yeah for the Ike, and they always have. So Well, after the West Texas and those Henry Rifles, man, I'm kind of a sucker for the uh, original and – well thought out award so and be, correct be me if i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong but last year at the context is when uh the leveling first started right yep yeah so they're doing it again this year much, too it's pretty much been a year since uh 
all of that has happened. Yeah, the one thing I did see that they tweaked on um, this cotton stakes leveling deal was in the past, I think last year at the cotton stakes, they ran all three levels of the open together. And the way they're doing it this year that I've noticed is that like yesterday for the five, six open, they ran the open and the mid level together. And then they had, I think one or two sets, maybe just one set of limited, um, go around by themselves, which I thought was, I mean, that's something different. We haven't tried that. Yeah. And I feel like that's cool just because if I'm in the limited and I draw up right behind say Rolls Royce or Miss Baby Kate. Yeah, I mean, or, or any of these that are Don. Slow ride. Yeah, I mean, just any of these unbelievable horses. And I am only entered in the limited, and they watch Lloyd or watch Bo or watch a Don show. Or Austin. And then they watch. I feel like it's just, yeah, it's just going to be judged way more. With your peers. Yeah. And so I thought that, I noticed that, and I thought that was, was cool. And I'm sure the open and the mid-level guys probably like them not cutting their cattle and somebody being in the same set as you, not, not being in the same class as you. So I, that was just one of the things that I noticed that was kind of different, but yeah, good point CBL. I didn't even think about, it's kind of been a year since, uh, the whole leveling deal has kind of come about. Time flies. Since we are a year removed from the leveling, do you guys have any thoughts or changes on how you felt about when it initially came out or, uh, well, and to now? Well, I mean, for me, and this has kind of been since we started this podcast, is I I love it a lot for the open and having that intermediate class. Uh, I just I think it's really good and really important for uh, the up-and-coming trainers to have that spot where they have a chance to win a decent bit of money at some of these shows. I mean, the West Texas, it paid really good in, in those classes that, that were leveled. And, uh, I mean... For for all of it in general, I, I do like it, but especially for the open, I because I, the open is just so tough, it, and, and it's all tough. But the open, the top riders and those top riders having the best horses uh, without the leveling. It, I mean, it's it's tough for a lot a lot of guys to go and try to compete with those guys, even though they're re- really talented. Um, just having this intermediate class forum that has money in it it just it helps pave the way for their future yeah i agree i think the leveling has been great so far all the examples and i mean for the most part every show that i've been to that's been leveled has been well organized and i feel like ran pretty smoothly um the one thing i will say is just from like a competitor's standpoint and from an owner's standpoint it's really hard to enter it's like super hard to not only figure out what boxes you're checking on the entries and what classes you're actually entering, but like deciding how to allocate your funds. And for me, someone that's eligible for all three levels of the non-pro and two of the three levels in the amateur, like don't give me this many options. Like (laughs) I don't want to have this many (laughs) options. Um, So I think that's one, I mean, it's a stupid. Well, like at West Texas, you looked at the draw sheet and there was a number for each class you were entered in, and there was ten different classes per aged event, per le- uh, non-pro, open, amateur, and that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it kind of waters it down a little bit. Yeah. I feel like so. I mean, I think 
there's just so many different sides to it. Like we said a few weeks ago, like in my dad's case, like I love it because he's eligible for the limited amateur. Um, he can come show up and compete against people that are on the same playing field and at the same level as him. But also like, I kind of wish they would just be like, all right, Caden, you're entering the unlimited amateur. And if you want to show in the non-pro, you can do that too. If you want to show in the limited, do that too. Cause you're eligible for that. But I mean, it's a stupid thing to nitpick, but it's just like there's so many classes. And just like you were saying about West Texas, there were so many finals and so many champions. And just like, I mean, we're a results show. We cover a lot of results, and it's like there's so many results to cover whenever it comes to the leveled cutting. So, In my opinion, in the beginning, I was very, very against leveling the open. Uh, I thought that the non-pro and amateur definitely need – Needed some change up to revamp it a little bit and, and increase entries. Obviously, the amateur has been, but the non-pro has been decreasing. So um, when it all began, I was very against it in the open. Um, and w- listening to CBL's points and then watching these younger trainers be very successful and have shots at doing well, winning money uh, for their customers and getting to go to the next cutting because they did well. And even though it wasn't the intermediate or the limited, they were able to win, have another spot to go win money and it's propelled them to keep going. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but it's funny how it changes. I feel like since the, we first started it, it's gotten more confusing. Like we just said, like, I feel like there's gotta be a way that there can be some simplicity to it to where, if some newcomer comes in and say, hey, what do I enter? You can say, well, you enter this and you pay this entry fee and this is what you're eligible for. And yeah. just like you're talking about with the simplicity of it, like you can enter five different classes. Well, don't give yourself that many options. Well, we also got to have a place for everybody to cut and that's the hardest part. So, Well, and hopefully before too long, I, there's like a set – um, way that the leveling is because uh, isn't it on the show producer to kind of decide how they're going to do the leveling? Yeah, correct. They determine kind of uh, the format and the way they uh, want to do it. I would, I, I mean, just in my opinion, eventually I would hope that there was like a set standard uh, to follow on the leveling so it's not as confusing and everybody does know that not every. Sh- going to be different how they do the leveling because i mean i really do think uh the leveling thing is a positive that has changed in the ncha but i mean thanks sure there's things about it that still uh can be tweaked well and to piggyback on what i was saying just a second ago about the open sorry no you're fine uh i just remembered this while you're talking but to piggyback on what i said a second ago about the leveling the open when we split up the non-pro and made it two different classes the limited non-pro and the regular non-pro the non-pro took a decline and i was worried that the open was going to do the same so therefore i didn't really agree with the open being leveled in the beginning but i feel like now as as we've had quite a few shows and it's been a year since we first had a show that provided the leveling i think there's a lot of good that comes from it i think one thing that 
still needs to be talked about a little bit more is protecting the top levels of every division, yeah. whether it's the open, whether it's the non-pro, or whether it's the amateur. And I feel like if you protect the top levels of those classes, but you also give others that are in the intermediate or the limited a place to go, show, and be competitive, it will allow places for everybody to come compete, but it will also promote getting to those top levels and being a part of those payouts. And and if we can keep the the top levels protected with larger payouts, we'll see everything grow as a whole, I feel like. And obviously this is just my opinion and, and how I see it. But I agree. I think that protecting the top levels of every class, open, non-pro, and amateur, is super important. And, I mean, like we've always said, if you're going to reward – I mean, I don't want to say mediocrity like it's a bad thing, but it's like we show up to the open finals to see the best of the best, and we show up to the to the non-pro finals to see the best non-pros or the amateur finals to see the best non-amateurs. So I think it is crucial to keep those top levels paying as much as they possibly can. So, yeah, I think that's super important. This episode of the Section K podcast was brought to you by Dennis Moreland Tack. Tack handcrafted by Cowboys for Cowboys for 43 years and counting. Since 1976, Dennis has built high-quality tack for training, working, and showing. Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Visit www.dmtack.com. Be sure and Go and see Dennis during the Snaffle Bit Futurity coming up here in October. He's going to be set up the exhibit hall, probably the same spot as he normally is, I'm sure. Or, no, no, their exhibit hall is in a different spot. Hey, you learn something <laughs> new about the NRCHA every single day. So go down to the Snaffle Bit Futurity and find, find Dennis find Morley, Dennis Morley. wherever he is and buy something from him because that guy's awesome. He's the man. Well, guys, what a weekend. I feel like the fall swing is obviously heated up. All the way out west cuttings are, are really are really going, and everybody who's, who's out on the west coast is out there and, and like we said, trying to figure out where they're going to lay over and, and what they're going to do during this off time. What were you guys up to this weekend? I went out on the river. Labor Day. Perfect. Yep. Perfect way to end the summer. Yep. You got on the Brazos River, I yeah. guess? Yeah. The dirty browser. Drake. Yeah, Joshua. Shout out Drake Cattle Company. Yeah, you need some cows. <laughs> no free ads. Though. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> were you tubing or what were you doing? Tubing. <laughs> I ain't twelve. Dude, he was getting buck out for a rip, dude. Like, <laughs> hey, sorry, but I like tubing. <laughs> I was just attempting to surf, actually. I've Have you seen gotten pretty footage. good at it? Yeah, I've seen footage of Headland. He can definitely get up. I can't get up on the wakeboard, the surfboard. I haven't let go of the rope yet, but I'm close. It's pretty good. I'm not actually surfing. Pretty yet. good. Yeah, CBL, you're a big-time tuber, huh? Well, I'm not a big-time water person at all, but <laughs> I'll uh, get on the tube if I'm forced to get in the water. <laughs> not a Bounce around not a little. Not a big water guy, huh? Tubes were no. in full effect on Labor Day. There was a lot of kids at the beach on the Brazos. It was a good time, though. 
If I want to get the hell beat out of me, though, I'll just ask one of you guys to beat the hell out of me or ask me <laughs> beat my ass. Like, I don't need to get on the tube to have the crap knocked out of me 25,000 times. As a kid, used to love it. Used yeah, to be it telling blast. people's dad to, hey, turn it up, man. You're going too slow. Floor it. And every time you did that, you would go in circles. Yeah, you'd get yard darted. Start quiet. Yeah, I mean, so I feel like Labor Day, that's the perfect way finish out the summer and, and get into the first week of college football yeah that was like we said last week college football football in general sports in general our lives when we're not doing something that pertains to horses or cattle or podcasting podcasting we are glued to some sort of game but yeah no what were some of y'all's takeaways did you guys have like a favorite moment from week one of college football jalen hurts enough said Shout out West Gallion. Shout out Christina Cox. They're going to love to hear that because the Sooners. And Austin might too. Yeah. And K-Rod will love to hear this. The horns are back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to regret that when they lose the TCU this year. But I Or LSU say, next week. That's yeah. going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. My favorite moment of the college football week one was definitely Hugh Freeze coaching for Liberty against Syracuse from his hospital bed in the press box. It was unbelievable to see on Twitter this Hugh Freeze guy who, shout out Hugh Freeze, took probably the most favorite drumming of mine in the Peach Bowl, TCU 42, Ole Miss 3. It's neither here nor there. But, yeah, that guy in the – just the photographs of Hugh Freeze up in the press box coaching horizontal – from an actual hospital bed was like crazy. What world are we living in? So I thought week one was pretty exciting. The matchup sucked overall, but yeah, the best game obviously was the Auburn Oregon game. And I was a little upset about that because being a USC fan, I'm always going to be a PAC 12 fan, especially if they're going against the SEC. And I felt like they had that game and just kind of gave it away. I think everybody thought Oregon was going to win till about 20 seconds left in the game. Yep. Another part, true freshman part, quarterback. Yeah, another one of my favorite parts about Bo week Nicks. one of college football is to see which coaches are going to end which suspensions early because that said team isn't playing up to snuff. And shout out Austin Shepard, shout out Cade Shepard. Nick Saban ending some of the defensive players' suspensions early in that Duke game because they looked terrible in the first half was like sums up college football to me. It's like, all right, well, these guys were supposed to be suspended for three quarters, but you know what? You're coming in after the first quarter because we <laughs> look terrible. So that was another one of my favorite parts of college football. And Alabama was not the only team to do that. There was a couple of other programs that didn't stick by their by their given suspension. So and I'm not uh, as big of college football fan as either K. Rudd or Cody, um, but I can't tell you how excited I am that next Sunday is just back in action fantasy football, damn boys. And uh, I don't know, during the football season for the NFL, I, it just it seems like it goes by so quick because – I mean, Sunday is kind of your only day off in this life, and then you get to enjoy it watching uh, America's football. pastime. Yeah, Millennial if version. you're if you're at home. But I'm excited for that, and 
the fantasy football talk that we had last week. I'm sure uh, I'll be getting a bunch of hazing the entire year, so I am excited for that as well. I'm excited because the Broncos have an elite quarterback in Joe Flacco. <laughs> I can't wait for this. But is he elite? Yeah. Remains he's on the Broncos. Seen. If he was on the yeah, Ravens, on no. The hey, man, I love Yeah, no, he, he, he became elite when the Broncos signed for him. Amen. Well, that's all we have for you this week. Um, like I said earlier, safe travels to everyone on the West Coast traveling between shows and safe travels to all the amateurs and non-pros that are going to be going east to West Monroe, Louisiana. Make sure you drink a lot of water. Get up in that AC, too. Bring a lot of breathable clothing because... Fishing shirts, Columbia, Magellan. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Porterfield's got some extras if you guys need any of those extra fishing shirts. (laughs) I bet he does. does. But yeah, no, be sure and follow along. Section K Podcast on Facebook, um, Instagram, email. Twitter. Twitter, yeah. We are on Twitter and in full force. So if you don't have Twitter, get a Twitter specifically to follow Section K Podcast on Twitter. Amen. So... Yeah, be looking for us posting on all platforms. We're trying to get better about doing that more frequently and just posting and bringing you guys more cool stuff that pertains to cutting and the cutting horse world. So, like I said, good luck to everybody showing at El Rancho. Good luck to everyone at West Monroe. And hope everyone had a awesome Labor Day weekend. We'll be seeing y'all down the road. Adios. Bye. Spilling my guts to someone I just met. While I say this much, I got a real good feeling. Yes, I do. Real good feeling. You say you've been burned. Yeah, we